So I guess you'd have to be living under a rock not to have uh, had heard a lot of talk about the uh, economy. And uh, I guess if you've got into the shops, you're aware of the uh, increasing inflation rates and so on. Um, and we hear a lot, uh, and the, those with mortgages are hearing very much, um, about interest rate rises to, quote-unquote, tame inflation. So I'm very pleased to be joined by Professor Mark Crosby, uh, from the Monash University, uh, who is an economist and a teacher. So he will be able to explain to us how all of this works. So thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. So, Mark, uh, that, that's our starting point. Um, interest rates and inflation. Why are interest rates uh, used, uh, considered to be, it seems, the primary tool to uh, control inflation? Yeah, that's right. So the way the economists generally think about it is that Interest rates, which are set by a central bank, is the main way, not the only way, but the main way that we can control inflation. And the way it works in a simple sense is just that when the Reserve Bank, in the case of Australia, raises interest rates, that makes it harder for people to spend, it makes it harder for business, businesses to borrow. Uh, and so there's less of what we call demand in the economy. And if there's less demand, there'll be less pressure on prices. And so the hope is that that will uh, lead to inflation falling. So at the moment, this is quite tricky because a lot of the inflation hasn't been our fault, if you like. It's been due to what's been happening overseas. Um, so we're getting caught between these events overseas that are affecting energy prices and so on. And about, But by the same token, the Reserve Bank needs to, to try to get inflation under control before it gets entrenched and before it gets uh, even higher. Yeah, so interest rates here um, and uh, even around the world aren't going to impact on Vladimir Putin or all the members of OPEC or or any of those guys. They're just going to keep rolling in the the, the profits. So, uh, you know, it's it. I can, It seems to me that it's it's a very at the, in this kind of situation, a quite a weak tool, really. It is. Um, that's right. So I guess the point is though that inflation is an ongoing increase in prices. So if oil prices, for example, and energy prices stay where they are um, or go up slowly over the next year or two, then the Reserve Bank can bring inflation down by making sure other prices don't go up. So that's sort of what they're hoping for. I guess the Treasury in the budget was predicting further increases in energy prices next year. Um, to be honest, that, those prices are very hard to predict. Um, obviously, if the war ends in Ukraine, hopefully that will bring down um, energy prices. Uh, but that it, it's very un, it's always very unpredictable with regard to energy prices. So, so but yeah, that's what the Reserve Bank are hoping. They control other prices. They keep wages growth under control so that the rest of inflation, if you like, um, comes down and inflation gets back to a more kind of normal level. The other thing to remember is that the interest rates have been very low for a very long time. So really, they're just getting back to a kind of more normal level, which is where you would want them to be when the economy is sort of ticking along at a, at a normal pace. Why is it that just the simple process of prices going up um, itself doesn't uh, sort of bring the, the, the um, demand back down to, to, I guess, balance out supply and demand, which is the theoretical thing it's doing? Yeah, well, I mean, that's sort of right. But I guess the point is, is which prices and, and particularly wages. So the Reserve Bank take a very sort of close eye uh, look at wages because if wages growth goes 
from what's been, you know, the, everyone complains about wages growth being too low. The good thing about that is that that keeps inflation low and keeps interest rates low. So the more recent increases in wages growth, the Reserve Bank will think, well, that's going to push up prices. And, and so they're going to have to raise interest rates as a result. So the key, one of the key things they're looking at is um, wages growth. And if, if that's at five or six percent, they'd be much more worried about that becoming entrenched. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's, it's the nature of the price rises really that sort of tells us about what the Reserve Bank should do and, and how much effect that's going to have on inflation. One of the points I've heard uh, expressed by, I think, mostly the ACTU, that, that it's one thing to complain about uh, wage uh, inflation, which, I mean, let's face it, where there hasn't been that much of late, um, but nobody talks about uh, profit inflation, if you like, the, 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 the increased amount of money that's going into profits. Is that not also a factor in inflation? Yeah, I mean, over the last uh, 20 or 30 years, profit, profit shares and wage shares have gone up and down. But in Australia, they've been fairly stable. Um, that's not so true of other countries. Ironically, you know, China, the wage share has been declining um, systematically. But um, yeah, if you look at the wage and profit shares across all companies, and of course, there's some spectacular outliers in both cases, particularly in Australia, the mining companies that have ridden the wave of um, resources prices then um, yeah, those shares haven't moved around too much in the case of Australia. So I don't, yeah, yeah sometimes I think you could argue that, but I don't, in, in, in principle, you want wages going up and profits going up. Now, the tricky thing is that's, well, that's impossible now. It wasn't impossible 10 years ago or 15 years ago because we had the, this massive resources boom and we're still sort of seeing the tail end of that as we speak. But um, we've now got the opposite happening, which is that, our living standards have not necessarily got to fall, but they've at least got to stay flat and they probably do have to fall. The reason being the things that we're importing have gone up a lot in prices. Uh, and, and so just by nature of that, our, our living standards have got to fall. Whereas for the past, um, most of the past 20 years, our um, import prices have been going down and our export prices have been going up, which has been a great tailwind for the Australian economy. I, I, I fear we're at the end of that, I'm afraid. It seems to me that the, the, uh, one of the issues in inflation might be the uh, demand for workers. That is to say, we're, we're, we are hearing also a lot about skill shortages and the like, um, and surely that's an issue into at least the potential for wage increases? Yeah, I think there's a few things going on in the labour market, and that's, that's one of them. And so, again, from the Reserve Bank's perspective, they wouldn't care if some wages went up by 10% and, and then, it, then they fell back to two and all other wages were growing at two or three. But the, at the moment, there's a lot of um, parts of the labour market where wages are growing more strongly. And what the Reserve Bank worries about is that you get this sort of cycle of wage increases of six or 7% and then price increases of six or 7%. So workers demand wage increases of six or 7% and it gets built in. So the last time we really, I think, made good progress in terms of really bringing inflation down, the government worked very closely with the ACTU and businesses under what was called the Accord to sort of lock in um, wages growth that were consistent with productivity in the economy and, with in, and, and tried to keep it low and keep inflation low. So business kept their part of the bargain by you know, arguably holding off on price increases and, and the ACTU um, 
in fact, a couple of times uh, agreed to have wages increase less quickly than inflation because of productivity hits. The pressure on prices coming from so much uh, external uh, imports, um, again, things like interest rates aren't going to impact on that. And what could we be doing to, to maybe uh, uh, have any impact on that kind of end of inflation? Yeah, well, again, probably, probably not a lot. I mean, the Reserve Bank looks at a number of measures of inflation. So they look at what's called the headline rate of inflation, which is everything. Um, and then they have a whole range of uh, other inflation measures that strip out food and energy, or they have what's called the underlying or the sort of mean, um, um, a, a trimmed, which is stripping out all the stuff that's really moving around a lot. Um, so they look at everything. And they'll, if, if just one uh, headline rate of inflation is going up because food and energy are going up, they'll, they'll sort of think, well, that's probably going to reverse itself, so they won't worry about it as much. But again, the fact is at the moment, most prices are going up and so they kind of need to do something about that. But again, you're right, there are things they can do something about and things that they can't, and they can't do much about energy prices that are affected by international events um, and, and some other things like grain prices and so on, food prices seem to have been affected in some cases by international events. So the, the Reserve Bank can't do anything really about that. I mean, I suppose, in the case of Australia with energy, you know, it will affect our energy demand, will be more efficient. Um, you know, as a household, you'd be now, um, you know, be thinking hard about solar panels. If you haven't got them, you'd be thinking hard about insulation and where you are and where I am <laughs> um, to keep the keep the warmth in. Um, but uh, yeah, there, there's a limited amount that the Reserve Bank can do about most of that. And of course, I suppose uh, high on our minds is is the impact of weather events on on various bits of of the inflation spiral as well. I mean, obviously there there's talk anyway of the floods creating uh, you know impacts on our fruit and veg and the like. Yeah, yeah and again, that the Reserve Bank doesn't worry too much about that. And the reason is. You know, when we had the hurricane, I remember the banana prices went from $2 a kilo to 13 or 14 or whatever it was. Um, but you sort of know that that's going to reverse itself. So once again, that'll that'll show up as a big bump up. Fruit and veg are 15%, I think it is, or a bit more of the CPI basket. So they're actually very important. And um, so, or, or food. So if uh, if that's just a one-off, they won't they'll, they won't worry about that. So, in other words, they won't be saying, "Uh-oh, inflation's gone up because banana prices have gone up. We better raise rates." They'll be sort of looking through that and say, "Well, don't worry about it." It's a kind of wicked problem. Where it sort of seems like five minutes ago we, we were being told, you know, we need to get the post-COVID bump going and and get everything back steamy again and um, that's sort of happened. And then we're being hit by the the interest rates because we've we've over compensated somehow yeah i mean i think the covid period was tricky because i would agree with most of what the, the government did in the sense of you don't know what's going to happen you kick the economy along as much as you can because you're very worried about people losing their jobs and not being able to get them back so all of that money yes there was waste probably could have been implemented better but i'd rather see that than, than nothing but now now we've got to figure out what to do um you know arguably post covid world and you know, the biggest problem for the Australian governments going forward is the fact that we've got an aging population. And so we've got much greater healthcare demands going forward. Pensions in Australia, pensions are much less of a problem because of superannuation, but 
there's still a little issue there. Um, and, and of course, we've introduced the NDIS, which is very expensive. So I think, in short, we have to find better ways to deliver healthcare at, at lower cost, or at least lower cost to the government. And that means people who can afford it, no matter how old you are, need to be paying more. And unfortunately, I, 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 I can see you, your, your listeners probably can't see you, but you, Paul and I are in the age where our healthcare costs are about to go up. Um, and, uh, you know, people who can afford to pay for that at, at, at post-retirement age should be paying for it. Um, we can't afford when when the healthcare and pensions were introduced at the turn of the 19th, 20th century. You know, men didn't live much beyond pension age and uh, didn't live for very long if they did live beyond pension age. So, um, yeah, the world has changed very dramatically, and we've got to figure out better ways to deliver outcomes to an, an older population, and and not just expect workers who are our kids and grandkids to be paying for us in terms of our healthcare and so on. So that's the biggest challenge is really to reshape health uh, and welfare in Australia in, so that it's much more affordable and not that the burden is not entirely on, on the workforce. And, and I think what that means is that our tax system needs a kick in the pants. Um, and again, for those of us, unfortunately, who've paid tax, I think the GST should be increased. Um, of course, if you're a pensioner, that's not necessarily a good thing, but there are ways to compensate you know, existing pensioners for, for that, that hit. But in the longer run, we do need a system that's um, more reliant on, um, on, on other forms of taxation. And, um, and I'm, a, I'm a fan of, um, of some form of um, wealth or, or death taxes. I know that's a very controversial issue, but... Um, yeah, the, the, we, our tax and welfare system is is not designed for the 21st century. That's the, the short of that. Okay. Um, it's been really interesting. I, I hope we've uh, clarified a few things for, for our listeners and certainly helped my tiny brain get my head around some of it. Um, and uh, I, again, I look forward to hopefully having an, another chat and we can try and tackle that, that nasty uh, issue of tax. Yeah, a complicated one. <laughs> That's right. Monash University Professor Mark Crosby, and uh, we will get him back uh, probably early in the new year, and we'll try and work our way through uh, understanding our tax system. What a challenge.